This message was originally given at Covenant Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. Let's listen to the Word of God from our Sunday morning service. And it is my fervent prayer that my preaching ministry here, along with the other men who so faithfully preach here, will be marked by truth, that our preaching will be marked by love, by fear and trembling, by joy, and ultimately that the preaching here will be marked by the presence of God and the power of the Spirit. I'm grateful for you. I've been praying for you alongside the other pastors and staff here. So thank you for welcoming me as your pastor, and thank you for welcoming my family into this fellowship. And it needs to be said over and over again, praise God for the faithful leaders that you have here. Their work, their prayer, their love for you, it is entirely commendable. And it is apparent to me that I have the privilege of benefiting from their labors. In some ways, it is not lost on me that they have been working diligently in this church just so that I may be able to climb up and stand on their shoulders to be able to do ministry here. And I'm very thankful for those men, very thankful for what they've been doing. I thank, them, I thank God for them, and I pray that you thank God for them as well. So let's begin. If you have a Bible, let's get back to Ephesians chapter 6. God in his providence has chosen that my first sermon as a pastor will be a sermon that is mainly for children, for kids. And so adults, please continue to tune in. Please listen carefully because the things I teach them today are things that you ought to teach them as well. Not because it's what I'm saying, but because it's what God says in his word. And so let's see something here. Help me out. If you are, and parents, you might have to help on this one. If you are zero to five years old, I want you to raise your hand high. If you are zero to five years old, raise your hand really high. I got to see them. I see, no, 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 it's not enough. Zero to five, there's some, there's some, there's some. Okay, very good, very good. Now, this one will be a little bit easier. If you are six to 10 years old, raise your hand. Good, there's a pocket in the back over there, some in the back, okay. Oh, if you are 11 to 15, raise your hand. Yeah. All right, and then how about 16 to 19? If you're 16 to 19, give me a hand, at least half a hand, come on. 16 to 19, there we are, there we are, okay. Well, if you just raised your hand, I want you to think about this. If you can understand what I'm saying, I really want you to lean into what, to what I'm about to say. That the world out there, the world is trying to get your attention. Maybe it's Instagram. Maybe it's someone in class. Maybe it's those ads that pop up on YouTube. Maybe it's the Disney movie that you watched last night. Maybe it's the kind of clothes that the stores are selling. People are trying to get your attention. The world is fighting for your heart. The world wants your love. Or to say it like this, the world wants to control you. The world wants control over you. It wants control over the way that you think. It wants control over the way that you live. The world wants control over you. So because of that, the world is dangerous. Jesus tells us himself that the world is, to paraphrase, messed up. 
And that the things in the world are not the way that they're supposed to be. Now, sometimes that's hard to understand. For someone to say, hey, the world's dangerous, watch out. Because there are so many wonderful things about the world too, right? After all, God created this world, and there are a lot of really great things about this world. Think about it. The beauty, the fun of a really good friendship. Think about one of your best friends and how much fun you have together, how much meaning there is in that friendship. Or think about how good it feels outside right now when you walk, walk outside. It's crisp air. It feels good. Or the delight, I mean, my goodness, the delight of homemade mac and cheese with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Praise God. Praise God. Or maybe it's the laughter at the dinner table when dad intentionally or not so, uh, or excuse me, accidentally or not so accidentally passes gas, right? You're like, oh, dad, right? Those are, those are things that we love. Or maybe it's the rest that you get when you get to sleep in yesterday, right? Or the oohs and the ahs when you see really tall mountains on a family road trip. This world is beautiful, too, but it's dangerous. It's both. We have to be able to see this at the same time that the world is beautiful, yes, but the world is dangerous, and it wants you. And if we're not careful, if you're not careful, 5, 6, 10, 15, 20-year-old, the world will steal your heart. And so what has God done to help you? What has he done, graciously done, to help you fight against the dangers of this world? Wait for it. Oh man, he's given you parents. He has given you parents. Now, I don't know if this is going to be frustrating for you to hear. I don't know if this is going to be boring for you to hear. Or I don't know if this already makes perfect sense right now. But God's number one, the top tactic, strategy, idea that God has to protect you and to prepare you for this life is to give you parents. And not only is he giving you parents, he's given you that what you should do with those parents. He has said, children, obey your parents. Now, time out. Really, God? That's the one thing you're going to say to me? right? When the, the one thing you're going to address me by name, you're going to call, say, children, he's speaking to you specifically. Can you imagine the God of the universe is speaking to you, and the one thing he wants to say isn't, accomplish your dreams. That's a good thing. Or uh, be all that you can be. That's a good thing too. No, but those aren't as important as, in God's mind, as this statement. Children, obey your parents. Now, what I want to do this morning, and we're actually going to spend the whole time talking to you, kiddos. So if you raise your hand, I'm really, really, really speaking to you today. I want us to figure out this morning why. Why is this the thing? Why is it what God has said that we ought to obey our parents? Well, let's look what Paul says in these three verses. Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 3, once more. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So from those three verses, from those couple sentences, I would say that we can see four reasons. 
Okay? Four reasons why children ought to obey their parents. Four reasons. Okay, number one, children, obey your parents because it is worship. Mom and dad, if you have someone under 10 who needs help taking notes, just write these words. Number one, because it is worship. Okay? Paul says, children, obey your parents. And what does he say next? A little phrase, tiny little phrase, in the Lord. You see that? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So when you obey your parents, this is, this is a new thing for me. This, this blew my mind at, 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 a, at an early 12 to 13-year-old range. This blew my mind that when we obey our parents, it is an act of worship to God. In fact, if you live with mom and dad right now, obeying your parents is the main way in your life that you worship Jesus. It may not feel like it. In fact, there might be many days where it feels the exact opposite of worship. But hear what Paul is saying to you, children, teenagers. When you submit to your parents, when you do what they tell you to do, when you clean your room, when you do the dishes, when you have to vacuum, when you take out the trash, when you do your homework, when you sit down quietly for family devotionals, when you obey the curfew, when you get off your phone, when you keep the girlfriend or the boyfriend out of your room, when you don't talk back to mom, when you come right when dad asks you to come, when you obey them the first time, when you do those things, you're exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. It is worship. You glorify his name. So do you see this opportunity? Don't miss this. Do you see the opportunity that God has given you? Have you missed the gift that God has put in your life? That you have the privilege, teenager. You have the honor, seven or eight-year-old, to show your family how great Jesus is by how you treat your parents. And I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying at all that it is easy. Obeying your parents is one of the hardest things that you'll ever go through in your life. Why? Why is obeying parents hard? Well, obeying your parents is hard sometimes because God has put them in your life to hold up a mirror in front of you. God has placed your parents in your life to hold up a mirror in front of your face. Now, what do I mean by that? God has given you parents so that you can see with your own eyes right in front of you your sin. God has given you parents, this is why it's hard to obey them, God has given you parents to show you the things in your life and in your heart that aren't right. It's hard to do what mom tells you to do because sometimes you just don't feel like doing it. There's something in there that says no. Sometimes it's hard when dad asks you to do something because inside we don't naturally want to obey. It's against what we would rather do. Okay, so that's one reason it's hard, but there's another reason. It's hard to obey not only because of your sin, but it's also hard to obey your parents because of their sin, too, right? Mom and dad aren't perfect. Mom and dad mess up. Mom and dad sin. One of the most challenging things to do in this life is to follow an imperfect person. But... That's how it's going to be for the rest of your life. And so you learn to obey them anyway. 
Kids, listen, listen to me. You don't obey your parents because they always deserve to be obeyed. In fact, there's going to be many times when your parents don't deserve to be obeyed based on their actions. Parents make mistakes. I make a lot of them. And when we do, you still obey us because ultimately it's not about your parents. Remember, obey your parents because it is worship. Obeying your parents is about God and His glory. Now, the only exception to that would be, of course, if your parents are asking you to sin. If your parents are telling you to do something that is against God's ways, then you say no. But a vast majority of the time, like 99% of the time, God wants you to obey your imperfect parents, not because they deserve it, but because it's an act of worship. You obey your parents because you love God. You obey your parents. Now, listen, this is, a big, this is an important phrase, too. You obey your parents because you're a Christian. You see, Paul is talking to people, children, who know the Lord. He's been talking to Christians this entire letter, and he's not stopping in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. When he says children obey your parents in the Lord, he is talking to Christian children, Christian kids, Christian teenagers. Why, why would he do that? Why, why, wouldn't I, why, not, why wouldn't I be saying, like, well, shouldn't all kids obey? Well, of course they should. But here's what's different about Christian children. Because obedience as an act of worship is impossible unless you know Jesus. You hearing me? Every kid has to obey. But what makes you different is that you obey because you love the Lord. You obey because you love Jesus Christ. That's why you obey. And so he is talking to Christians because you can't obey your parents as an act of worship unless you worship the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. You need to become a Christian because it's important as an act of worship. Now, here's here's the thing. I'm not trying to tell you to uh, just be a Christian because it's a good thing to do. Young man or young woman, are you? you aware of your need for Jesus? Because I want you to understand that it is possible for you, if you are six, seven, five, eight, nine, whatever year old you are, it is possible. If you can understand the things I'm saying, it is possible for you to become a Christian too. So do you feel your need for Jesus? You need a Savior. You badly need a Savior. You need to become a Christian. Why? Because God has said in His Word, that he will condemn those, that he will punish those who do not follow him. And he even says, this is a really hard thing to say, really hard thing to understand. He says that for those who do not follow him, that he will send them to hell, place of eternal punishment. Now, why would God do that? Well, because of who he is. It's actually a good thing that God is just. See, our God who created all things, he created you, and he created me, and he created us in his love. He created us to be close with him. And this God who created us, he is holy. He is perfect. And he has never once sinned. God, think about this. He has never had a bad thought. He has never done a bad thing. But we have. I have. You have. We are sinners and because God is holy, because, because God is perfect, even the smallest of our sins is going to take us very far away from God. We cannot be close to God like he created us to be. So our sin, it separates us. 
But it does more than that. It deserves punishment. It deserves punishment. Because God is holy and because our sin separates us, God has said, you will die because of your sin. But that's where Jesus comes in. That is where Jesus comes in because of God's great love for us. He sent his own perfect son to rescue us. Jesus, like his father, never had a bad thought. He never disobeyed his parents. He never sinned, not even once. And he is close with his father. And so here's what's so incredible about the good news about Jesus, is that Jesus came not just to live a perfect life and say, hey, look at me. He died our death. He died our death for us. Remember, because of who God is, we can't be with him. Because of who God is, we are going to be punished forever for our sins. But when Jesus died on the cross, he took every sin that you've committed, every sin that I've committed, he took them on the cross with him, and he paid the penalty for us. Every time you scream at your sister in anger, Every time you purposely embarrass your brother, every time you disrespect your mom, every time you slander your dad at practice, that deserves eternal punishment, and Jesus paid it for you. Every single one of those sins has been paid for at the cross. So when Christ died, he took the weight off of your back, and he took it upon himself, and it makes it possible for us to be with God again makes it possible for us to be restored to God again. But it, the story doesn't stop there. Jesus died, but then he did, what did he do next? He rose from the dead three days later. Because Jesus rose, you're not only declared clean from those sins, that they go away, but you're also powerfully freed from the power of those sins. You ever feel like you don't want to sin, but you just can't help it? That's the power of sin in your life. Jesus rose from the dead to break that power over you. So catch this. The reason Paul tells you, kids, listen, listen, listen. The reason why Paul tells you to obey your parents in the Lord is because when you're a Christian, you can. It is, it is possible for you to obey your parents when you are a believer. You have the ability. You have the power. And then don't miss this word. Don't miss this word. As a Christian, as a Christian child, as a Christian teenager, not only do you have the power and the ability to obey, you have the desire to obey. You start wanting to obey your parents. And said, suddenly, whatever, or what was once a drag, like, oh, I don't want to obey him, I don't want to obey her, it switches and it becomes a joy. It doesn't mean it's easy but you want to do it. You start longing for obedience to your parents. This is my story. This is my story at the age of eight, so rapidly rebellious against my mom. And my dad confronted me in my sin and woke me up to the gospel. I repented of my sins. I trusted in Christ. And all of a sudden, the bent of my heart towards my mother changed. Were there days I didn't want to obey her? Of course. But overall, I saw this trajectory of change in my heart where I wanted to please my mother. I wanted to obey my mother, and it was the evidence that Jesus lives inside of me. And that can be your story too. That can be your story too. So if you are a child, a teenager, or even an adult here this morning, you do not know Jesus, I invite you to repent of your sins, to trust in Jesus Christ as Lord. His arms are open for those who kneel before him and say, will you save me? Will you save me? Okay, so number one, obey because it's worship. 
Obey because the gospel frees you to worship. Okay, number two, children, obey your parents because God says so. Okay, so we're taking notes. Number two, because God says so. Paul says, obey your parents in the Lord, and then look what he says next. For this is right. Honor your father and mother. Now, time out right there. Perhaps you've heard those words before, honor your father and mother. Where do they come from? The Ten Commandments. Right, the Ten Commandments. God has given us those Ten Commandments, and right in the middle of them, right in the thick of them, he puts honor your father and mother right into the mix. Now, two things jump out at me because of that right away. First, Paul just told them to obey, and then he backs it up by saying, well, honor your parents. That teaches us that the best way to honor your parents is to obey them. You cannot say you respect your parents if you don't do what they tell you to do. In fact, disobedience is one of the most dishonorable things that you can possibly do. Disobedience, in God's eyes, is a big deal. And it is extremely dishonorable to those who are raising you. That's the first thing that jumped out. Second thing is that obedience isn't just something you should do. It's something you got to do. Obedience isn't optional. Obedience isn't a choice you make. God demands it of you. God has spoken. Honor your father and mother. So, don't forget. Obedience isn't some cruel plan that your parents have made up to make your life miserable. Sometimes it feels that way. No, this isn't mom's idea, though. This isn't dad's idea. Mom and dad have an obligation to train you to be an obedient person. See, mom and dad will have to stand before God one day about how they trained you. Did I lead my home in such a way that my kids learned the importance, the value of obedience? That's my job. That's the weight on my back as a father, and we'll talk about that a lot next week. But this isn't my idea as a dad. This is God's idea. Obedience to your parents comes from the mind of God. I think this is why Paul says that obedience is right. You see that little word? For this is right. Not only does obeying your parents make sense, it's God's sense. It's God's plan. Obedience is a form, and here's a big word, of righteousness, of doing what is right. God has created obedience because he is a righteous God. Obedience, therefore, is a wonderfully holy thing to do. You ever think about that? That when you obey your parents, you are doing a holy thing to God. And you do it because God commands you to do it. Okay, but, so that's number two. Then number three, here's another reason. You do it because God blesses it. Number three, children, obey your parents because God blesses it. Because God blesses it. So look back at verse 2 again. It says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So notice what Paul says. Honoring your father and mother comes with a promise. And what is that promise? A relatively good and long life. So kids, here's what I want you to hear. Teenagers, here's what I want you to hear. Your obedience to your parents generally speaking, leads to good things in your life. People who grow up honoring and obeying your parents learn really important things like humility. You learn something really important like love 
or how to have meaningful conversations, or how to understand authority, how to lead well. You learn how to be disciplined in your life. You learn how to have a big and strong work ethic. Obeying your parents is not only worship. It's also wisdom. It's also wisdom. Obeying your parents is one of the smartest choices that you can make in this life. If you want the fast track, you want the fast track for making good decisions in this life, start by doing what you're told. Start by listening to and applying your parents' advice. It teaches you lessons. It teaches you skills that pay off for decades to come. And so that when you become an adult, you will generally be pretty stable. Pretty stable. Even when life brings you very hard things, you'll still be stable because you've learned how to deal with things that are outside of your control, like your parents. Listening to your Christian parents keeps you from a lot of bad things in your life now, and it prepares you to steer away from a lot of bad things in your life later when mom and dad aren't around. So then your life will be well-lived and usually long-lived because of how you treat your parents. I think this is what part, part of what Paul meant in 1 Timothy 4, 8. He says godliness, which parent, uh, obeying your parents would certainly be a godly thing to do. He says godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So imitating Christ by obeying your parents, it holds promise for us even in this life right now. Obeying your parents pays off for you even right now. Typically speaking, it leads to God's blessings even in this life. But what is the best blessing that comes from it? Think about it for a second. What is obeying my parents? What is the number one thing about it? Well, it's that you look and live more and more like Jesus. As a child, this is the best thing that can happen to you. God commands obedience to your parents because it's one really big way that he takes you further along in your journey to become more like Jesus. If you learn to obey your parents, you are so much better equipped to obey God himself. And that is the goal that your parents have for you. And that is the goal that God has for you and for me. All of us, God's ultimate goal in our life, once we kneel to him as Lord, is to be conformed or to be changed into the image of Jesus. As one of my friends put this, he says, obeying your parents is one of the most practical skills that you can ever learn that has some of the best spiritual benefits. And that's what's so brilliant about God's rules. God's rules are not to weigh you down. They're to shape you and to mold you to become more like Jesus. So we obey so that we become more like him. Okay? And then now, number four, finally. Children, obey your parents because it makes you different. Obey your parents because it makes you different. For those of you who are Christians, obeying your parents for the glory of God makes you stand out. And it makes you stand apart from your peers. Christian children who intentionally, on purpose, look for ways to obey and honor their parents are going to look and sound so much different than the rest of the world. See, in this way, your obedience shows a different way of life. It shows a different Lord. It shows the world, shows the world that you belong to someone else. You belong to Jesus. In fact, at your age, 
Obedience to your parents is the main evidence. It's the number one thing that shows the world that you are a Christian. And so use that for his glory. Go after obedience to your parents because God gets the glory. The very world that is trying to steal your heart is the same world that God has called you to go. So let your obedience to your parents quietly but clearly shine. Let the way that you speak about your dad or the way that you treat your mom be a light to your friends. When you obey your parents as an act of worship, when you obey your parents because God, you know that God commands it, when you obey your parents because you want to look more like Jesus, it is a blinding light to your friends. It's going to be, it's going to be odd. It's going to be weird. When honor and respect describe your childhood, it shouts the glory of God. Your obedience is an opportunity to speak and to show the gospel. But at the same time, be ready. Being different before Christ comes with its own challenges. What the world desperately needs from you is what the world hates most about you. If you're that kid that actually listens to your parents, if you're that teen that actually loves your parents, who speaks well of them, who honors them in every way, get ready to be ridiculed. People will make fun of you for your loyalty to your parents. Some people will respect you for it, but a lot won't. But keep going. Remember why you're doing it. Remember why God has given you these parents. Remember the privilege. Remember the worship. Remember the command. Remember these promises. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And so as we finish up, let me ask you just one question and offer two or three pointers. One question and two or three pointers. Here's a question for you. If you can understand what I'm saying, I want you to listen in. Does the way you treat your parents look more like the Bible says or more like the world says? Does the way that you treat your parents, the way what you do at home, the way you speak to them, what you say about them to other people, does it show your faith or would it make people doubt your faith? That is one of the most important questions that you can ask in your life. What does my treatment of my parents say to others about who God is and what he's like? Wrestle with that question. Think through that question. And then let me offer a few pointers as well. Pray for help. Pray for help. Obeying your parents is not something God has designed you to do by yourself on your own, in your own strength. Now, you need His strength. You need His help. So pray that God would help you see obedience as worship, as a command, and then do it. So pray for help and trust that God will give you everything you need to do it. Okay, another one. Obey the first time. Who's ever heard that, that phrase, first time obedience? That's a really good phrase, though. It's a really good way of life. Don't make dad or mom ask two times, three times, five times. And mom and dad, stop asking two times, three times, and five times. Make the first one count. But that's next week. Back to the kids. Half-hearted or delayed obedience, like you do it way after they ask you to do it, that's not Christian obedience. It might be the definition of obedience the world might have, but that's not what the Bible says about obedience, because obedience from a Christian is an obedience from the heart, and so you do it, and you do it quickly. 
You do it immediately. So obey the first time. Train yourself to respond quickly and kindly to what your parents ask. And then last thing. When you disobey, and you will, rest in Jesus and ask for forgiveness. When you mess up with your parents, rest in Jesus and ask for forgiveness. If you believe in Jesus Christ, even your disobedience isn't going to keep you away from his love. Praise God for the gospel. Is disobedience sin? Of course it is. I've tried to make that very clear. But does it take away God's love for you? If you're a Christian, absolutely not. Nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus for us. So when you battle with sin, and sometimes when you lose that battle, repent of it, and then trust in what God has done for you at the cross. But, after that, go to your parents and apologize. One of the most respectful things a child can do is repent to his parents or her parents. So just think for a second about the past week. Maybe there was a time or two or five that you've disobeyed. What have you done about that? Sorry. No, no, no. From the heart, from a repentant place, we apologize. And you know what, parents, if I can just speak on behalf of parents, we love it when we don't have to grab your apology, but you offer it instead. You just go up to us without us even having to ask because it shows us your heart is in the right place. As parents, we love you. We care so much about you. I cannot imagine, this one, of, this one of those relationships you just want to squeeze your kids so much they can't breathe because we love you so much. And so when we see you progress, when we see you walking in Jesus, when we see you following the Lord, and we see you apologizing to us without us having to ask you, it makes us really happy. It makes us really happy. Not because you, you got to be wrong and I got to be right. No, it's because I care about you and God. And when you apologize to me without me having to ask, or when you apologize to mom without having to be asked, it shows me, oh, just maybe their heart is on the right path. So volunteer your apology. Don't make us grab it. Obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Children, obey your parents. If anyone would like prayer today, whether you are a child and thinking through or you're a teenager wrestling through this, Josh Gervasio is going to be in the back out there, those doors, he can be able to pray with you. And I'll also be available to pray up here as, as well. Let's, let's go to him now. Father, we thank you for the children of this church. Give them the strength and the desire to obey their parents. Give them a hunger for your word. Give them joy in Christ. We pray for their protection from the evil one. We pray for their faith in Jesus Christ. We pray that you would make our church, this church, Covenant Baptist Church, one that is teeming with kids, a church full of kids that are also walking with you. I thank you for these, for the many teenagers I've seen, even just to hear some of them talk. Yes, they're respectful, but Lord, even more than that, it's, it's wonderful to hear some of these kids talk about you. God, 
Grow that. Grow that in these, in these, uh, these kids. That we would have people under the age of 18 who know the word. People who don't wait to adulthood to take Jesus seriously. I pray it again, God. Raise up a generation that is a flame of fire for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Covenant Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. At Covenant, we strive to provide a fellowship that is sound in doctrine, biblical in practice, and loving in our relationship with each other and the community. For more from our elders and teachers, please visit us at covenantbapt.org. That's covenantbapt.org for teachings, articles, and more information about our community.